Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 452nd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is an easy one, which was yesterday afternoon slash evenings, Red Sox Rays game for the ages that ended with the bottom of the 13th inning Walk-off home run by Christian Vasquez. Preceded in the top of the inning by another tuck roll type play in the top of the inning. 20 years after the original Tom Brady tuck roll in the Snow Bowl, and I was there. Uh, And what it was was in the top of the 13th. uh, The ball hit the wall, bounced off the Red Sox right fielder, and went back over the wall. Utterly crazy. Many of the, the announcers on TV said they had never seen it before. I don't ever remember seeing anything quite like it. Uh, in the end, the umpires ruled quickly. They talked with New York. And basically, they, they had a rule in place, which was awesome. Uh, again, another reminder that the tuck rule had been in place, but nobody ever knew about it. And I don't think anybody ever knew about this rule either. Uh, deep in the rule book, we might say. And so it basically was when this happens, it's uh, the base runners advance uh, two bases. So the guy was rounding third. He would have walked on home with the go-ahead run in the top of the 13th for the Rays. Instead, he was put back to third. Kevin Kiermaier, who hit the ball, was put, put on second. So it was a double. And... Uh, the next batter struck out, ending the inning. So the Red Sox uh, and Rays were tied going into the bottom of the 13th, and it didn't take long for the homer. And this was Carlton Fisk level. This was really a classic game for the ages. It, uh, I think, was the second longest postseason or certainly ALDS game ever played, but I think the second longest postseason, the first was the 2004 Red Sox-Yankees game five. I was there at that one, and uh, so I'm glad to see know in a way that a game that I attended 16 years ago in the famous 2004 comeback against the Yankees that I was, uh, uh, I was there at the longest one, uh, but yesterday's game was just an epic 
tremendous game, lots of highs and lows. It just started off with a bang with homers in the first inning. And uh, it just rolled from there and was just, uh, you couldn't take your eyes off it, uh, which was just really, really fun. And even managed to uh, uh, to trump, shall we say, the NFL late games on red zone, which typically I would never miss, but I wasn't about to turn uh, the channel. So I watched, had red zone on my phone, <laughs> shall we say, in the background to keep abreast. And then uh, uh, main TV was on the Red Sox race, which was just fabulous. So the bottom line, Red Sox can clinch uh, this series, 7 o'clock tonight. And uh, that's going to be just uh, another riveting situation. It's an elimination game, certainly for the Rays. Red Sox need to win it. They cannot go back to Tampa for game five. And uh, so we shall see. And I do want to say that I attended the game, the playoff game, uh, deciding who got in the wild card between the Red Sox and Yankees last Tuesday night at Fenway Park. Simply one of the greatest sports events I've ever attended. Uh, the crowd was as into it as I've ever seen in my life in a baseball game. Loud, like I haven't heard loud in Fenway Park. Obviously sold out. Everybody basically stood the entire game. Red Sox looked great. Uh, and uh, Xander Bogarts hit a home run in the bottom of the first or second, whatever, early in the game. And... That just got the crowd going from there, and uh, Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber hit one uh, a couple innings later, and the pitching for the Red Sox was great, and lots of Yankees fans there, are there always as there always are. Same way there's lots of Red Sox fans in Yankee Stadium for those games, and uh, quite a night, a night I will never forget. It was really uh, something 43 years in the making, because I remember... 1978 playoff game, the Bucky bent home run game, and it was, uh, I, I vowed then that if these two teams, Red Sox-Yankees, ever played a one-game winner-take-all in Fenway Park, I would be there. It only took 43 years, but I was there, and uh, mission accomplished. So, uh, Red Sox seem to have a little something special going on, you know, I'm hearing the term team of destiny and I'm starting to believe it myself after yesterday but uh, we'll really maybe get an answer to that tonight so um, it's just awesome the baseball playoffs there's four games on today including the Red Sox Rays just how we like it on Columbus Day and speaking of Columbus Day and Indigenous Peoples Day it's a uh, the Boston Marathon has returned uh, being run as we speak. I think the winners might already be in. And uh, so it just feels like old times, pre-pandemic up here. It's, it's wonderful. We have, you know, the marathon, the Red Sox. Uh, by the way, the, it's, the marathon was last run over 900 days ago. So uh, that's what I mean by feeling like old times, pre-pandemic. Had the Patriots yesterday eking one out against the Houston Texans. Um, and 
So it just feels like pre-pandemic old times here in Boston where you have multiple sports events going on. You're switching the TV channels and just really uh, verifying what I've always said, that October is the best sports month of the year. April is maybe a close second, but here we are in October and it sure feels like it's the best sports month of the year again. So the NFL was, again, wild yesterday. Uh, every week is its own story or chapter in a in an NFL season book, shall we say. But that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which is the Bengals and the Packers, where the kickers missed five kicks in a row late. I was watching on Red Zone. It was riveting. Mason Crosby, the Packers kicker, who had a long streak of no missed field goals going, of made field goals, uh, missed the first one. That broke the streak. And then I think he missed at least one, if not two more. Uh, but he ended up kicking in overtime the game winner. And uh, it was just a fabulous ending. The Bengals kicker missed a couple as well. It was just an, an insane uh, ending to that game with the missed field goals. Um, by the way, Tom Brady looked good, had five touchdowns, and uh, and the Buccaneers looked great in downing the Dolphins in Tampa. And the Steelers uh, got uh, back in business, beating the 3-1 and Broncos. And uh, Ben looked pretty good after a harsh week of criticism leveled at him, the likes of which we haven't seen maybe throughout his career. It was really bad. Uh, he threw a nice long pass early in the game for a touchdown. Shows he still has the arm. And it's not perfect in Pittsburgh, but they simply had to have a win, as did the Patriots. So they're both now two and three. So they both have a pulse. Uh, neither could have afforded yesterday's game to go loss to be a loss and go one and four. So, great stuff yesterday, and that leads into, finally, my low light of the week, which is the Detroit Lions, the poor Detroit Lions. I mean, made a fabulous comeback to take the lead against the Vikings in Minnesota with basically no time left. But yet, the Vikings had enough time to run a couple plays, got in field goal range, made it, and just broke the Lions' heart again for the second time in three weeks. It's only two weeks ago that uh, they lost on the NFL all-time record 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker of the Ravens. You just can't make this stuff up. There's no other way to say it. I mean, the Lions are now the epitome of heartbreak, not only in the NFL, but the in all of sports. It's just uh, crazy. Again, you can't make this stuff up. Um so I've always liked the Lions. There was a player from my hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania, Ed Flanagan, who was the Lions center back in the 1960s, one of the great athletes ever produced in my town. So I've uh, followed the Lions every, every, every year since. And, uh, and you know, they, uh, they've just been, again, heartbreak city up there in Detroit, and uh, so, yeah, it's been, uh, it's just been a tough time, and I always remember growing up that 
the Lions were on, as we all know, every Thanksgiving day. So the city of Altoona, back in those days, it was basically quite often the only chance you had to see them play all year long. So the city of Altoona would basically come to a halt. All Thanksgiving dinners were rearranged the time to watch the Lions and Ed Flanagan, the center, uh, play. So, again, I've had an attachment to the Lions my entire life. And to see this happen to them twice in three weeks, uh, basically losing on long kicks the last play of the game. But this one especially hurt because they made their own comeback to take the lead, which was incredible at the end. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, 
Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Good morning, John. So glad to be on your show. I'm doing terrific. Thank you. That's great. Well, good to have you as always. Uh, And you and I are both uh, licking our wounds a little bit after our two teams lost over the weekend, that being Alabama, a game that you were at and covered Saturday night, losing to Texas A&M in a a true, true seismic shocker, we'll call it. And then I'm a big Penn State fan, grew up nearby, and they lost to Iowa after Sean Clifford, the quarterback, went out with an injury. And let's just say uh, the backup wasn't up to the task. And uh, Iowa, to their credit, you know, won the game in the end. And so we'll start with you, AP, the Alabama game, Alabama-Texas A&M. Again, seismic shocker. Uh, You were there. What was it like? Yeah, John, you know, Texas A&M was playing with their second-string quarterback who uh, entered the, as the starter early in the season. I think it was actually the first game. So he's been right. trying to get this offense running smoothly, and they were on fire against Alabama. They went out and took a big lead, and he was playing with confidence, and Alabama's defense was befuddled. Their secondary missed some assignments, and Receivers are running wide open, and he hit them in stride. And, and uh, Alabama's uh, defense up front was porous as well on some runs. And then the Alabama offense, uh, they sputtered a little bit, dropping some passes. And But, but John, overall, it just was the fact that A&M, who I think the highest they scored against a Power 5 team was 20 points, had 24 at halftime. Right. So right away, right. right away, you're thinking that this is a this is their, their best showing of the year, offensively, and, and defensively they were playing uh, fairly well because they kept blitzing uh, Bryce Young, uh, multiple people on one side, four or five on one side, and those linebackers were fast and and they were uh, strong and they they brought down Bryce Young and so I think it was four times in numerous quarterback hurries as well. So if you can affect the quarterback. You can cause some miscues, whether he's inaccurate with the throw or he's not being, having enough time to make the throw. So they did an excellent job against Alabama, to their credit. They, they won the game, and it was, uh, it was their night. Uh, but Alabama put 38 on the board, and if you're Alabama, John, you're supposed to have a defensive team that holds, holds somebody under 38. That's inexcusable. Yeah, AP, you know, in the wake of, uh, you know, the Florida game of a couple weeks ago where there the defense had trouble stopping the Gators, uh, you know, watching the broadcast. uh, And by the way, you know, I'm, you know, home watching, uh, not not in the greatest of moods soon after the Penn State loss. And uh, boy, I, I... Flicked on, you know, my TV to check the scores, and I mean, the minute I saw the Alabama game, I immediately switched over, as I'm sure tens, hundreds of thousands, if not 
a couple million did the media, the minute you saw that score, like, uh, the Texas A&M was ahead and, uh, and, and I was just shocked, you know, as was anybody who was tuning in and watching or tuning in when they saw the scores and, uh, but yeah, so the defense, uh, the announcers in the game, AP were referencing it strongly, shall we say they kind of in disbelief. Uh, the way the Texas A&M offense. But I, I think what really is the big shocker was that, you know, Texas A&M kind of led through most of the game. And then Alabama, they took the lead, right? Kind of late. And then Texas A&M came back. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, I think that was that was correct. Or, uh, they may they, have they got, they got close to the lead. I think it was, I think it was yeah, 30. Ended up, yeah, that they might have taken the lead one time. I don't know. I can't remember now, John, but it was. They they made a right. comeback, you know. They made a comeback. So yeah, well, when they blocked the punt, yeah, right for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, they blocked when that happened. Yeah, they blocked by, the punt. I'm sure uh, yeah. lots of companies yeah. immediately thought, well, that's it. Here comes Alabama, and they're going to win. Period. That's just we're programmed to think right. that way. Right. So Alabama. Yes, yes absolutely. Me, yeah, we're totally programmed to think like that with Alabama's success over the past couple decades, decade plus for sure, and. uh and yeah, so that's really what I meant that, you know, Texas A&M recovered from that, which was, to me, the shocker of the night. I, I, again, I just thought oh, oh, that, that would be it yeah, after that four, four, punt. Yeah, uh, John, in a 14-second span, the two, two scores, the block punt for Alabama and the return to kickoff for A&M. Well, that's it, the return kickoff. What an answer. An unbelievable answer. And yeah. Again, AP, you know better than anyone, things we're just not used to seeing with Alabama at all. Uh, an answer, right. an immediate right. answer like that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they, they came right back at them strong. They strong. sure did. So, uh, they you sure were in a ball game. You know, you're in a ball game and so raucous crowd. You know, John, when you're in the press box in College Station, Texas, they hand out a sheet of paper with the following saying that, the press box will sway. Wow. And it did really? many times during the game. Oh, that's during pretty game, cool. Yes. Wow. And did it? Yeah, just, yeah, just like Penn State. Just like Penn State. Right. The same thing. It swayed. Oh, my. That's amazing. Um, yeah. because yeah, you, you – great minds think alike, because I was just about to ask you what was it like, the scene, the setting. You always hear, of course, the famous 12th man of Texas A&M and uh, – the crowd looked just crazy. Crazy. I mean, it's the game they've waited for since, you know, the days of Johnny Manziel, and uh, and this time they got it at home. And um, yes. And was the Johnny Manziel game at home against Alabama that year? The, John, the Johnny Man, the, John, uh, Texas A&M, as I understand, only beat Alabama three times. It was the '68 Cotton Bowl with Kenny Stabler, his last game. Johnny Manziel in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I thought so. For the very first time. And, and then, and then the, this home game for Texas A&M. Oh, boy. So it must have just been unbelievable. I mean, was it one of the, I'm guessing it's one of the – you've seen it all, AP, but I'm guessing this crowd yeah. was something to see, even, even for you, a veteran of these types of settings. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was um, a record crowd. And uh, they have the band. They play that the famous march that they, they hear in the George Patton movie. 
you can recall that. And then they have oh, the. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I didn't know the, that. That's cool. I yeah. love the Bat movie. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. really neat. And they that's have good that to swing. Know. Yeah, John, they have that swing, you know, when they score a touchdown or they're, they're singing the fight song, they all arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, and swaying back and forth. It's kind of a, it's a cool situation. It sounds it. Okay. So you, you had a nice little run, AP. Yeah. You were at the Penn State-Auburn whiteout just a couple weeks ago and uh, yes. college station on Saturday night. So you're getting to see lots of good stuff. I love it. Oh, yeah. And, and John, um, before I even arrived in college station, I was at the Houston Tulane game from the American Athletic Conference on Thursday evening. In New Orleans, right? In New Orleans, or was correct, it Houston? yes. That game was in New Orleans. That game was in New Orleans, correct. That's right, at their stadium. Yeah, they have a nice okay. stadium there at Tulane. Yeah, I, was, I tuned yeah, in. And that was an that interesting game. game. That was. And interesting yeah. is a good word. It absolutely was. Yeah, Tulane played a nice ball game. They were actually ahead at one, one point, uh, uh, 22 to 17, and, and Houston had to come back, ended up being 40 22 a final. But it really didn't seem like an 18 point victory. But that's what the final score, that was the result. Right. And Houston won. Houston won. They sure did. Houston won. Yeah, they're a good team. No doubt about it. Um, yes. Well, that's great. Uh, given your schedule, I don't know if you got to check out the Penn State game. I'm sure you were at the Texas A&M game, and I know there's a time difference, but uh, you, you know, Penn State looked good until Sean Clifford went out. I still haven't heard exactly what the injury is. Um, but from that point right. on, it was just the backup just simply wasn't up to the task. And uh, Iowa, to right. their credit, took advantage and basically took over the game as it rolled along into the second half and late. And they won it. So uh, pretty interesting. But, you know, Penn State fans are... Not a happy bunch this morning, and that would include me. Right, right. John, is there um, a way that they can recover from that game on their side of the division? Well, AP, funny you should mention that. It's very simply because, uh, looking at the football writer's poll, uh, number one, Penn State only dropped down to number eight. It's, it almost feels yes. like that the – that the football writers like as if they took into the account that Penn state was basically dominating the game, not dominating, but certainly yes. uh, had the upper hand with Sean Clifford yes. two score lead. And then when he went out with an injury, of course, uh, they, they basically, uh, was lost and it was, you know, uh, that was that. But anyway, um, so they only dropped to eight and bottom line AP looking at the football writers poll released yesterday. Uh, number six is Ohio State. Number seven is Michigan. And Penn State plays them both. Michigan at home, Ohio State on the road in Columbus. Yes. And even Michigan State's number yes. 10, behind two spots behind Penn State. But they're undefeated, Michigan State. So Penn State plays them. Yes, they are. The traditional end of season. Yes. So bottom line, AP, yes. It's all out there before Penn State if they're the team that many – Penn State fans hope they are. They're going to have their chance to be, yes. at least for now, the two teams right in front of them, number six and number seven, Ohio State and Michigan. Whether that gets them the whole way back, 
the college football Final Four playoff. We'll see. But again, it's still all in front of them. So, uh, right, right. Yeah, they have an excellent opportunity, John, with all those ranked teams in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is having a, um, a good year. Yes, they are. I'm looking here at the top ten. Four teams right there in the top ten. Uh, and Iowa at number two. So make that five teams in the top ten for the Big Ten. That's amazing. Like, that's very impressive. Yes, yes. That's SEC-level stuff there. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it really is, John. And and I I like that fact that the Big Ten is is more competitive this year. I like that fact. Absolutely. Football's better. College football's better when the Big Ten is strong, and they are certainly strong this year. And, AP, we've actually come to the end of our first segment together, so why don't we take a break? But We still have a lot more to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., in the previous segment, you and I were talking about Alabama and Penn State. But I want to go back to Alabama and... You know, what's amazing about that game are really a couple of things. Uh, Number one, it's the first time in forever that Alabama has lost to a non-ranked team. A&M had two losses. And secondly, it's even more surprising when you go back to Jimbo Fisher, the A&M coach, former Florida State coach, his quote in the middle of the summer that uh, basically – said, you know, he was going to beat Alabama at some point sooner rather than later. Yes. And nobody yes. could have ever imagined it would have been this past Saturday night. No, that's right. With the, with the season, that they had two losses, Arkansas and Mississippi State at home. Arkansas was a neutral site in Arlington, Texas, I believe, Dallas, Texas. So, and they were struggling offensively, and Alabama's a team that puts up a lot of points. And it was the other way around. They put up the 41 points, and Alabama scored 38, which is pretty normal for them. But they couldn't right. hold off that um, onslaught of the quarterback playing his best game and then the, the kickoff return as well. That was the killer, AP. You know, just as you and I analyzed the yeah. game in a previous segment, uh, you know, I, I was a little focused on the Alabama block punt for a touchdown, but the very next play was really the key to the game when you look back on it. Uh, so you nailed it on that one. So. To the ups and downs of that game, of, which were many for both sides, actually. Yeah. And uh, so, AP, how many times, how long has it been since Alabama lost to a non-ranked team? It's still kind of surreal. 100 games, 100 games, I believe. That was uh, 100 games. And I think that was a new record at the time. I think that was. Oh, my gosh. 100. Yeah. That's mind-boggling. Both the fact that they yeah, had 100. That's, that's quite a streak. Quite, yeah. It's mind-boggling, both the fact that they had that streak and that, uh, you know, and that it was Texas A&M who would break it, um, you know, again, with two losses. Uh, but, AP, I just want to move on. You know, the Alabama game was not the only game you attended. Uh no. You were also at the New England Patriots comeback win against the Houston Texans, where the Texans really kind of controlled most of the game. And uh, and speaking of Alabama, as we always do, uh, former Alabama quarterback in his rookie season, Mac Jones, uh, basically led the Patriots down the field for the game-winning score. And he looked real good doing it. So how was it to be at... Uh, at the Texans-Patriots game. 
Yeah, it was great, John, uh, to be there. That's my first time in that stadium, NRG Stadium. And uh, that was the early game, noon central time. And the Patriots, uh, like I said, fell behind. I think it was 22 to 9 at one point. Right. But they didn't, they didn't, yeah, they didn't lose hope or faith because as I learned, and you, you've known this being in, in New England, that all the players and Bill Belichick, they have the utmost confidence in Matt Jones as the leader of the, of the offense. Do. And they all expressed that uh, during the post-game comments. So that was something that I, I knew that Matt, you know, he's, he's a tremendous leader. And people just gravitate towards him. They like him personally. They realize he, he has the ability to uh, have poise in the pocket, as we've always mentioned, and presence. And, and presence means that he can elude the rush. He understands that it's pressure, but he, he feels it and makes the necessary movements, left or right, uh, forward or backward, to uh, be able to throw the passes down the field. And when you watch him in person, John, it's, it's a thing of beauty how accurate he is with the football and the, and the timely release to his receivers and running backs and tight end. Absolutely. He's in charge. Uh, you mentioned gravitate towards him. That's a really a, a, a great description because I can speak with authority since I've been to the, his first couple games here in person at Gillette Stadium, and I can assure you the fans in New England have gravitated towards him in a big way. I mean, he's literally AP getting standing ovations when he comes onto the field. And uh, so he's looked upon as the savior, and expectations are real. They're not outlandish. Nobody's expecting him to be Tom Brady, like, this week. No. Um no, but everybody is loving what they're seeing up here. He is his popularity has just been instant, and uh, and everybody, all the Patriot fans are just thrilled. And I, I think they had to be pretty uh, thrilled uh, yesterday with uh, again, as you said, coming back from twenty-two to nine, and the defense did its part by keeping the Texans uh, at that twenty-two figure, as the Patriots, uh, you know, needed. Uh, every minute, every second to mount that comeback and finish it off. And AP, simply put, it was a must-win game. You know, I saw the statistics yeah. about one in three teams making the NFL playoffs. It's like 11%, so I can only imagine what one in four is. It's probably negligible, to say the least, if not zero. And uh, right, right. so they yeah. had to win it to, you know, so they still have a pulse. Uh, as do the Steelers. They <laughs> yeah. were in the exact same boat, one and three, had to win. They did. So both the Patriots and Steelers, the two teams I follow closely, uh, won must-win games yesterday. And, you know, in the NFL, AP, you know, even this early in the season, it's all about, you know, you got to be relevant. you got to at least have hope for, you know, something to shoot for for the playoffs. And then... Both teams still do. So in that regard, it was a pretty good Sunday, but both teams have a lot of work to do. And, oh, by the way, uh, the Patriots are hosting the Cowboys this week in Gillette Stadium at 425 Eastern time. So uh, another Texas team on the horizon for the Patriots. <laughs> it's Texas week, I guess, right, the Patriots in New England. Could, yeah, the Patriots could be the champions of Texas if they win this Co game. Correct. And the Cowboys are just having, Texas, yeah. 
Champions of Texas, right? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, the Patriots are having, uh, or the Cowboys are just having a tremendous year, obviously. Everybody's really excited down there in Big D, and uh, and we shall see. And AP, speaking of Big D, you and I have both talked about always wanting to get out to the Red River rivalry game, and you and I both kicked around the possibility of this year even, and this would have been a good year yeah. to go because that was the – they're calling it the greatest game in that rivalry that be first started in 1895, and it's being hailed by all as the greatest game in the history of the rivalry. It started off with a touchdown, unlike the first play for Texas, and it ended with a touchdown, a walk-off for Oklahoma. And 55-48, I think, was the final and just an amazing game, to say the least. Yeah, John, those Texas folks, they have to be really disappointing because to yes. me, it's the same old Texas. Yeah, we can score some points, but we can't defend them. We can't stop them in warm-ups. I mean, it, Correct. I feel that way about their defense. It just, it, it, I mean, and you can't, you can't play for championships if you don't have some uh, performance on the defensive side to slow teams down, to hold them to field goals, something to help your offense. And it seems literally like all every game, John, and, and this is what we were talking about Alabama. It seems like Alabama is morphing into Oklahoma. Oklahoma's on the same, the same way that they, they just score a lot of points and they don't rely on any defense per se, any, any outstanding defense. And so you're, you're Alabama through these years has become Oklahoma in the Southeastern conference to me some degree. That's, that's the way I feel. In Oklahoma, um, yeah, they, they'll score points. And how about that storyline of Caleb Williams, the hotshot freshman from the Washington, D.C. area, coming off the bench to lead that team to a victory. And there have never been um, signs that he would get into the ball game. The fans have been calling his name for a while. Spencer Rattler, right. think of this job. The preseason Heisman favorite might be benched. Correct. And was benched, essentially, but he came in for that two-point conversion. I think that's he came back on the field with his, to his credit that they needed. But I, I think that Lincoln Riley, I don't believe he's going to have a two-quarterback system. I think he's going to have to start that freshman, Caleb Williams. I agree. It's amazing. And after the game, Lincoln Riley very diplomatically said that, you know, Spencer Rattler coming in for the two-point conversion was the most important play of the game in a game that had, like, countless right. – important plays, but, uh, Lincoln Riley, uh, he, you know, it was the perfect answer for him to give, given the situation yes. he is now facing. And I agree with you. I think he's going to go and practically has to start Caleb as the quarterback and, uh, and you know, that's it. But, uh, you know, I was watching the game I think it was against West Virginia a couple weeks from Norman and uh, the fans were chanting for Caleb Williams to come in. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it's, and then the kid comes in a couple weeks later and just has the game of really anybody's life. And it was just amazing, whatever, four or five touchdowns, I think it was. And, and he looked great. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think it's, Pretty obvious, Caleb Williams, I think, will be the starter. You think it as well. There's almost no way he can't be, not after that performance. 
very strong arm, John. I was impressed with his delivery and his yes. uh, moxie on the field. And that was the first time I really zeroed in on him. I've seen some highlights, but I realized his arm was so uh, powerful. And, John, you could have a situation with Spencer Rattler. He might leave the team. Right. I he heard. Benched. Transfer portal mentioned. So everything's on the table now, AP. You know yeah. No I, doubt about for it. For me, personally, yeah, for me, if I was a quarterback at a school like Oklahoma or any team that I'd been there a number of years, it's one play and you're back in the ball game because of injury. Correct. Bingo. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> we, we, we've certainly seen that a lot. Uh, but mildly, uh, AP, we're at the end of our second segment together. Why don't we take our final break and certainly still a few more important things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business. You never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Red Sox, Rays, Game 4, and the Red Sox can win the series, so it's an elimination game for the Rays. And A.P., uh... It's like old times here in Boston. They're running the Boston Marathon as we speak. A mere 20 minutes from my house is on the route. I may pop up there and to the town of Natick, home of Doug Flutie, uh, and take a look yeah. at the runners. Uh, the first place runners are long gone, but they run through pretty much throughout the day. And AP between Red Sox, Patriots, and now you throw in the marathon, first time in over 900 days. And AP, it's feeling like old times, multiple sporting events in multiple sports, and the marathon included, and it just feels like pre-pandemic times here in Boston, and, and it's wonderful, to say the least, as I'm sure it does for you oh, down yes, in Alabama. It's nice to, yes, nice to hear that, John, up in New England, where they have all the, those things, events, the special in the last couple of decades, uh, it's, it's, it's must have been very difficult, I'm sure, to stay away. So that's, that's great to hear. It really was. It's, again, you know, we've been lucky to have good teams for 20-plus years here now. And when they're both playing on, like, the same day, like yesterday, you know, I watched the Patriots come back, switch the TV, Red Sox Rays are going at it in Fenway, and it was just... That's exactly what I thought of, and today's even stronger because it's again the Red Sox can clinch this series tonight against really what many consider the best team in all of baseball, the Rays, and and quite the rivalry has you know been brewing over the years between these two. So potential to be another special game tonight. And AP, speaking of special, uh, you and I are on a roll because I had the good fortune to attend the. Red Sox Yankees playoff game last Tuesday night. AP, no other way to say it. Yes. The top handful of sports events I've ever been at in my life. I've been wanting 43 oh. years ago, the day of the Bucky Dent home run to beat the Red Sox in a playoff game. I said, if these two ever play in Fenway again in a winner take all, I will be there. Yes. And 43 years later, I got there. And it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, John, that's, great. that's great for you. Yeah, mission accomplished on that score. And, uh, yes. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Once, once again, the Red Sox and the Yankees squaring off in Fenway Park for a winner-take-all moment. Yeah, it was pretty cool. AP, it was unbelievable. The loudest I've ever heard Fenway Park, and I've been to some pretty big games in my back in, the, in, in my day, and uh, nobody stood. Or everybody stood the entire game, basically. Not something you normally see at a baseball game, and so that was cool, and it was the loudest, again, I've ever heard Fenway. Uh, the enthusiasm just off the charts, tons of Yankee fans, so the chants from both fan sets, and it's the same in New York when the Red Sox 
fans show up down at Yankee right. Stadium. Uh, so it was right. just uh, an evening like no other. There is no way to other way to put it, and uh, and I just <laughs> soaked it up. And AP, I got the ticket a week before, and then had to sweat out the ups and downs of that final week in the right. with four teams in the running for the wild card, and I'm like. There were moments of despair when I said, you know, I knew I had the ticket to the game if it were played in Fenway. And there were moments in that final week where I said, there's just no way that these two are going to meet. You know, with Red Sox losing two or three to the Orioles and, you know, down 5-1 on the final day. And as we're getting ready to go into the Patriots-Tom Brady game, AP, great moment. Uh, And I said this last week on the show, uh, you know, the excitement was already palpable. I'm in the shadow of Gillette Stadium at a restaurant, and the Red Sox comeback is completed with a two-run homer in the ninth. And at that moment, that was the moment when we knew the Red Sox-Yankees were going to play each other. All this, you know, a half an hour, an hour maybe, before the Brady game, Brady's return to Gillette. So that's what I'm talking about, AP, what I mean, like, it feels like old times again. These multiple sporting events. The restaurant I was in erupted. <laughs> when you know they got when Raphael Devers hit a two-run homer to seal that five-one comeback, so really, really fun stuff. It was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm glad we were able to be there, John. And uh, you know, it's fun to have all the teams involved. You know, the, the Celtics can do something, and the Bruins and the Red Sox and. And Boston College is playing pretty good football. And they are. So there, there's some, yeah, so there's some nice sports moments in the year 2021 for the Boston fans. Yeah, and what's different this year, AP, than any other years? And like I said, we've been on a pretty much of a 20-year run here, so there's been some really good stuff, but it's all about post-pandemic. So nobody's taking anything for granted. Trust me, nobody, nationwide, no. worldwide. You aren't, I'm not, but I'm, I'm just, you know, focusing here on Boston because it's where I live. And, uh, you know, there's just a, right. a, a, a renewed appreciation for, number one, how lucky we are to have good sports teams and then sprinkle in an event like today's marathon returning after 900 days. And you really mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, again, get your a renewed appreciation for sports in general and gatherings of people and it's all about post-pandemic it's a it's a different feel than it's ever been yeah. for obvious reasons you know and uh and oh, it's yeah. just wonderful to be kind of back and i'm sure you're experiencing it too oh yeah the same thing i'm trying to attend as many events as i can correct within reason and uh like i said you don't take things for granted you Trying to do all some some new experiences as well, John, that you maybe delayed in your life. So you're taking right. this opportunity to say, now is the time. Well, that was it. That's why there was no doubt I was getting tickets for the Red Sox-Yankees game a week ahead of time before we even knew they were playing. And, you know, there was four teams in contention. So the fact that it all worked out and the Sox hosted the Yankees at Fenway, which was the only game I could have got, attended for the play into the wild card. Lucky me. So AP hard to believe we're at the end of the show. I just want to thank you for calling in. This was a good one. Lots to talk about. And, uh, although some of it not so good with Alabama and Penn state losing, but it's, it helps to talk about it. Shall we say? (laughs) 
Oh, yes, it, it sure does. It sure does. Most definitely. Does. And I just want to thank you again. Thank you very your, much, John. And thank you again for your expertise and attending the and being able to tell us all about what it's like to be attending these massive sports events that you've been to recently. So good for you, and we appreciate your time. My pleasure, John. Thank you. Thank you, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.